It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Looking forward to all that the Lord has in store for us on the program. Uh, You can reach us on the air. You can go join me on the air if you call me at 303-690-3000, or you can text in your question. And the question text line, which is dedicated for texting only, is 720 336-0897. Three three six zero eight nine seven. Calvary Live originates from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. And Grace FM is the host radio network. Grace FM is 89.7 up and down the front range, all the way up into Cheyenne, Wyoming. And, and Grace FM is 101.7 down in Colorado Springs and places north and south up in the Monument down in the fountain and out on the range. Um, I know down you guys down in the springs, so appreciate you guys being patient with us. The signal's not the strongest, but it's not the weakest either, and we're just great to be have the coverage in Colorado Springs. And, and if you can connect your phone to your, uh, to your car in any way, you can listen to us anywhere at any time on our free app. Just go to your app store, search Calvary Space Aurora, and both of our apps will pop up, our church app and our radio app. They're free, and they both have access to live streaming and archives and all sorts of good information for you. And then you guys out on the East Coast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, you're listening on the Hope FM Network, and what a blessing it is to be able to reach out to you uh, and minister and serve you on the East Coast, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, same thing, Hope FM has a free radio app, and the only difference for you guys on the East Coast is that you are listening to this broadcast in a one-week delay, uh, and it's just a week, but if you call during the show, you will get on the air, and you'll be heard live in Colorado, and then it will air there next week. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, lines are open, lines are open, we as many churches did, sought to uh, reach out to our community on a very dark night by turning it around and turning on the light uh, in a festival uh, to draw and attract not only children, uh, but their parents uh, and their moms and dads, their grandmas and grandpas. And uh, we found that our time uh, with our Harvest Fest last night was uh, both tiring and wildly successful. And it really takes an army of people. Pastor Keegan was the overseer. He, he championed uh, the planning and preparation of the event. And then through, through the team and the, the hundreds of volunteers, it, it really ended up working out extremely well. Um, some estimates, we, didn't, we haven't sat down uh, as a team to discuss this yet, but some estimates uh, were maybe 7,000 people visited our property last night. And, you know, all the bags, all the gospel tracks, all the Romans Road, uh, all the prayer, 
Um, I was able to pray with a young man uh, that is really struggling. Uh, he has come from a real difficult background, and he recently got some a diagnosis from the doctor that's very scary. And you know, he and his wife had just been struggling, struggling. Young, young guys. Uh, they were so young. Their kids super young. And, you know, they're just struggling. They, they've made a commitment to follow Jesus. They've made a commitment to get clean uh, off of drugs and alcohol and all that goes with it. They've made a commitment to, to be married. They've made a commitment to raise their families in the ways of the Lord. And they're just getting massive pushback. You know, just, and now this latest diagnosis uh, is scary and difficult. But man, it was so cool because the brother, another brother from our church has been ministering to him and suggested that he come up after a service and ask to be anointed with oil, just like the Bible says. Well, I have to commend this brother uh, as I'm walking around greeting and uh, ministering to people and you know just enjoying the night, kind of a, a, a roving uh, pastor, as many of the guys were doing. Um, he, he, I connected with him, and, and he didn't wait for service. He says, I, I need prayer right now, man. Uh, brother so-and-so told me I should pray with you pray with the pastor. And I'm like, all right, man, let's make a way. Let's go get the oil. We're right here on the property. Let's pray. Uh, and what an honor. I got to anoint him with oil and pray over him. I, I was, I got to pray over their marriage. I got to meet their children. Um, you know, and that, that story is repeated, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times got to encourage kids and, um, and great memory that was not in honor of Halloween in any way whatsoever. Uh, it was an it was the it was the opposite of Halloween, uh, where we were able to put up games and things uh, in honor of Jesus. And you know you gotta uh, you you've you've got to view um, you you pastors listening in right now, and and even parents and 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 you know folks that look at Halloween and go dark, evil, wicked holiday. I agree with that perspective. Uh, I don't like Halloween at all. Uh, I don't like the glorification of death. I don't like, um, you know, tombstones. I don't like the dark macabre. I, I, I've never liked it, even as an unbeliever, but even more so as a believer. And so when you don't like something and you see something that's antithesis of the of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've you got a couple options. And, you know, one of them is just, hey, I'm not participating. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm closing the door, turn out the lights, gonna watch TV or whatever. And and that's a that's a prog that that's an option. That's a valid option. But but I, I want to suggest the just a time of prayer over this, and that is um we have to view ourselves, even here in the United States, as missionaries. And we need to view ourselves as as constantly Outreach, 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 constantly outreach. Um, you know, the, the, the reach, Jesus, he came to reach the lost. <clears throat> and never are there more people out on the street, out walking the neighborhoods, walking by churches, than the October 31st. And so we have just learned over the years to embrace the reality that we can very easily uh, not only attract the people in our neighborhood, serve the people in our neighborhood by giving them a free con, con giving them a free uh, carnival, you know, free candy, free popcorn, free 
you know, everything was free except the food trucks um, that, you know, that's how they make a living. Um, but for, for the candy and all that, all the volunteers, all the hours, um, it was, it's, it's, it's a major outreach and, and lives are literally changed uh, without in any way celebrating Halloween in any way. And uh, maybe you have an alternative view. Maybe you totally disagree with me and you say, Ed, you guys are celebrating Halloween. I, please call. Let's talk about that. I would love to talk to you and hear your point of view and, and, and talk about your viewpoint and where you stand. Uh, and so that's what we did last night, you know, thousands upon thousands. And the way Keegan and his team did it this year, uh, spreading it out the whole property and moving some of it indoors was masterful. Uh, because we've always had the problem of being so stinking crowded uh, with just so many people. And the way it got spread out and using different parts of the building, children's beautiful. It worked amazing. And I think that's what helped to accommodate more people without feeling so crowded. But we always have a parking issues. We have parking issues just for our services. But people were accommodated. It. We had the police there. We had the fire department there. Uh, we had a petting zoo. We had some crazy lizards and... Um, we had cotton candy, we had wax hands of, of which I didn't get my wax hand this year, uh, which is a bummer, but the Lord knows a lot of people did. So God bless you. If you got one, 303-690-3000 is the number, uh, I see the lines are open before I get to the lines. I just wanted to share another email along these lines. Uh, it was an email, not a text that I thought would be relevant just to answer, uh, and I'll give it to you guys uh, in, um, you know, without without sharing who the person is. So um, it's an email, and I'll paraphrase it. I won't read it exactly. It says I'm doing my best uh, to to keep this short to the point. Uh, my selfish nature would like to defend why I chose to let my kids believe in Santa Claus. So we have these kids. We have uh, older kids and younger kids, and and our younger kids are asking questions. And so we have, uh, you know, allowed Santa Claus. We've taught our kids to believe in Santa Claus. And now um, what do we do? So here's the advice that I gave. I said, uh, good afternoon, mom. I'm not using the name. I, I, I said, it's not as bad as it feels. We've all made mistakes as parents. And this one is easily met with the truth. That's all you need to do is tell them the truth. So here are some things to consider. Uh, number one, tell them the true story of St. Nicholas and his ministry. Tell them that the modern-day Santa Claus was made up to sell Coca-Cola and put him in the category of Mickey Mouse that wears a fake head and can take it off uh, and Princess Belle and other characters that we can have in our lives in the realm of make-believe, in the realm of make-believe. Uh, and and put that right. Let's put the category in the right place. Uh, apologize. Ask your kids for forgiveness for not telling them about this sooner. Uh, and then, if you guys do decide to incorporate Santa Claus, the fake guy at the mall and photos, etc., just make sure the kids know that it's not real. Uh, that 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 this is a character. Uh, and you know the and and then the last one I shared was you know tell them the truth about where true gifts come from. Uh, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Their Father in heavens, bless them. 
uh, bless their family and their parents. And, and I know that if you patiently and calmly explain to them, they'll get it and understand and they'll trust you. Maybe you have some input on that. I know the lines are full, but we've got a couple of topics if you want to talk about them. 303-690-3000. Uh, let's go right to the phone lines. Line one is Michael calling from Denver, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the program. Pastor Ed, God bless you, sir. Hey, what's up, man? Um, I'll tell you real quick. I don't. I don't. Have, I don't have any dealings with Halloween myself. Just a comment. I I know what it represents, and me. I. It's. I can honestly say it. It goes against my Christian beliefs. But actually, I have a couple of questions. Well, hold, hold on else. a second. Hold. Hold on a second, Michael. Um, just just in light of that, of what you just shared, I respect that view. I respect you and your decision, and I respect that view. And and I would never want to talk you out of your convictions. Oh, that's a. I don't think anybody can. I mean, honestly, <laughs> Good. sir. Good. I would never try. It's not my place. You. The Bible says that who are you to stand? Who are you to judge another man's servant? He stands or falls before the Lord. So it's just good to live in that zone. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you, Pastor. Okay, let's do one because we got full lines. Huh? Let's do one of them because we have full lines. Okay. I'll I'll do the most important one then. Okay, great. I told you I'm I'm going to, I'm I'm part of a plant church now. uh, Down there uh, south end of of Denver, a church called Rizo. And I really liked it, like it, because there's only about a dozen of us right now at the most. And, you know, we're the core. But I'm getting to the point I really care and love these people. And I, ever since I, ever since I came out of the, of the system uh, as a guest of the state, as a guest of the state, I basically decided that I have to be honest uh, even painfully honest sometimes to okay. in order to to honor God. That's well, right. I have a I have a relationship with these these people, and I have something in my background that is really, uh, to say the least, it's it's dreadful. It's terrible. Okay, All and right. it's something that I went to uh, something I went to prison for. Okay. And I feel I'm feeling led to confide in the and these in the, with these in these people with with this. Okay. Because God God changed me. He's turned yes. me around. And that person who went into the system, he died in the system. And and a new a new person came out. A new creation came out. But I still live with I still live with specter of the past because I I always will have to deal with it. But I I just I feel like I need to feel led to tell these people about it and what and tell them what the Lord's done in my life. And I've talked okay. I've spoken to my pastor about it. Good you know, about doing this, and he said we should we need to pray about it for a week or two, okay. and. Gets and, and see about what the Lord says, and I agree with that. What is your perspective on it? 
I think that involving your pastor and getting his wisdom as the shepherd of that local flock is a great idea. I think that was the best decision in it, uh, in this, number one. Uh, number two, uh, if you, 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 you walking into an environment like, like the Church of Jesus Christ, it's filled with imperfect human beings, and you need to understand that not everyone is going to forgive you for your past. Um, it, it, it comes into the realm of should, should they should, but they don't necessarily. And it sounds like that what you committed is in the category that would probably bring about a lot of judgment. Am I, am I right? Uh, you're correct. You're correct, sir. And it, and you know, while God is immediately forgives us by the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, believers aren't so quick to believe, uh, excuse me, believers aren't so quick to forgive, and and so you need to be ready for that. Number two, number three, I I always advocate honesty, Michael. Um, I want I I can only walk in the light. The Bible says in First John, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ um, cleanses us from all sin. And your testimony is a powerful testimony, and and being honest and forthright and walking in the light is, is important. Number three, or whatever number I'm on, uh, you know, honesty doesn't necessarily equate telling every little detail of your past either. Uh, and so, you know, the, depending on the relationships that we have, uh, really speak to how deep we go with those kind of details in our lives. You know, it may just be enough to say I was incarcerated uh, and I was in prison um, and, and now I'm out. That may be enough for some people. And then if someone says, well, what were you incarcerated for? Well, you know, as an unbeliever and a drunk or whatever I was, um, I, I got into really big trouble that, uh, you know, and so you have different layers of things that you can share. And as you work alongside of your pastor with the wisdom of, of what he believes is best for the congregation, as long as it's walking in the light, um, you know, that's the counsel I would take because, you know, even though you feel compelled to say things, you may not need to. It may just be an emotional thing, um, you know, and you may want to give every single detail, but the reality is, is you may just need to say, hey, man, I've got a prison background and leave it at that, but really work together with your pastor. Uh, and Well, the pastor, the one, the one thing is, is that, at my age, I spent the majority of my adult life living a dual life. Uh, okay. a two, I had two faces. I, I spoke perfect, perfect Christianese, and I played games with God and myself. And because of okay. the circumstances, and the thing is, is that now... God's got me turned around. I've been turned around for a while now, for a long time. And the thing is, is that, that I only have one face now. And Good. it's a broken face. God broke me. Okay. And he's rebuilt and he's rebuilt me. So my testimony is from where God brought me from to where I'm at now. And, and that's, I wish I could share that with a whole lot more people, but I can't. Well, you know what? You, you can. It'll just be in different levels of how much you let someone into your life. You know, um, Jesus gave us that, 
that example right. where you see Jesus had had his he had his twelve out of his twelve he had three then he had the women that were following then he had the disciples and then he had the multitudes and the people that were closest to him got the most information from him and that's true in our relationships and so walk in the light follow the counsel of your pastor uh, within the context of the ministry there and then. Um, follow Romans chapter 8 verse 1 there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ uh, those that you know are are called those that walk in the spirit those that are loved uh, and just stick close to them alright Michael God bless you my brother uh, I would like some prayer for this because it's going to be it's myself my pastor and his wife that we're all going to be praying about this and praying for God's wisdom in this and what God wants me to do. So could you give me a quick prayer on this? I sure can. God, we pray. We lift up Michael to you as he faces a new challenge in uh, his walk with, with you and this new fellowship family that he's a part of. As, as there are uh, leaders coming alongside of him to seek your wisdom. Uh, to I mean, I think, I think the Bible answers the question, God, that we do share the truth. I think the real wisdom is how much and to who and to when and how. And and so, God, whatever it is, what, whatever it is that you would have for them to walk in, in the light without being dishonest, um, without, without walking in the shadows. Uh, and, and so we just know that you have, you have things in store for Michael and, and you have him mo- moving forward, not backwards. And I pray that they would come to that answer to the place where they need to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I'll, see, I'll be seeing you one of these days. Okay, brother. Look forward to it. Bye-bye. 303-690... What is it? 690 <laughs> How could I, I forget that? We got a couple open lines now. Uh, I'm sorry, Dana. You were up in Loveland. You had a question. And Chris... Uh, you also had a question, but we got lines open. Take them. I got a text coming in. My Hey, Pastor, my name's Omar. I live in the Springs, Colorado Springs. And in regards to the Harvest Festival, I was there with my four-year-old. And I say I must say it felt so good uh, to be able to see him happy, to explain to him that we don't celebrate Halloween, uh, but that in a godly way, he wasn't prohibited from having a great time. Please continue to provide an alternative God-centered outlet for Christian families. That's great input, Omar. Thank you for sharing. I agree. I agree with that perspective. Uh, thank you for sharing it, and I'm glad you were blessed. Um, I'm glad that um, God used that to as a discipleship opportunity with your kid. And when our kids were younger, we did not let them uh, go trick-or-treating. And we also went to our church's alternative night, uh, and and play, they played games and got candy and uh, and and we raise them in a way to keep their eyes on the Lord, uh, but not feel like they were oddballs uh, in terms of, of being out and being safe uh, and being in a place uh, that was glorifying God with maybe some music or a, a band or just little little opportunities to play games, you know, a little carnival-like out, out, uh, atmosphere. All right, let's move on to Pennsylvania today. Penny's calling from Pennsylvania. Penny, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're on the air. Yes, I am. Um, I'm calling because I am a um, latecomer to Jesus. I accepted Christ about 
seven years ago, and I've been praying ever since for my husband and my family to also uh, see. My question for you is, my husband asked me just a couple of weeks ago about Bible prophecy, and I was a little bit caught off guard and couldn't think of too many examples off the top of my head. So what I would okay. like to know is if there's some sort of a reference, a book or some something like that, that I can go to and show him the different prophecies that have come true. Yeah, there is uh, a great book. I'm looking at it on my shelf, but it's too far to get to. So let me see if I can look it up here. It's just called Bible Prophecy. And... Let me, it's kind of a, it's, it would be a book that would give you an overview of putting things together uh, within the context of, okay, so here's a couple things. Um, okay. Number one, uh, Ron Rhodes has put out a couple books. Uh, one is called the Bible Prophecy Answer Book. And okay. His last, his name is Ron and then Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. Okay. And then, yeah, I see the, these are on my shelf as well. And then The End Times in Chronological Order is another book that he put out. The same author? Same author. And then the the, okay. the big one that will be the, it's a little expensive. It's like 20 bucks. I'm looking at it on Amazon. Uh, but they mm-hmm. have a Kindle edition if you do Kindles for 10 bucks. But he, this is Every Prophecy of the Bible. Okay. By John... Walverd. It's W-A-L-V-O-O-R-D. Okay. And that's a thick one. And that's going to go through every prophecy in the scriptures, show you where it's fulfilled or show you that it hasn't yet been fulfilled. Okay, great. That sounds good. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Great question. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Gary's calling from Arvada. Gary, welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Hey, I'm good, man, but your cell phone's not working too well. (laughs) Sorry. So, hey, Gary, we can't hear you. Like, you're garbled really bad. Can you call back? And I'll get you the first on. If you call back on another, just call back. We'll get an open line. Uh, we'll be able to uh, put you right at the front of the line, okay? Sure do Thanks. that. 303-690-3000. Let's see. I'll take Tim. I'll probably have to take him on the other oh, yeah. side too, but Tim from Frederick, welcome to the program. Thank you. What can I do for you, Tim? Uh, my question is, uh, I've heard a lot of people t- say that tongues weren't relevant for today. Yes. And I was just curious on what your thoughts were on that as far as, uh, I know there's uh, the tongues to speak prophecy, there's tongues to, uh, in prayer. Uh, what What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe tongue, the gift of tongues, the manifestation of the spirit of tongues and the interpretation of tongues still exist today. Uh, I believe the Bible teaches us that they, that tongues is a prayer language that is communicating between a person and God, that they're always directed to God. So I don't hold to the view that they're used in any other way, um, that whenever you hear, a, uh, whenever you are speaking in tongues, if you have the gift, 
or you're in a group that's speaking in tongues, it is a it is a, a worship uh, and a a language spiritually that glorifies God. Uh, and there's limitations upon the gift um, because if uh, you know if there's a group of people, only two or three at the most should be able to exercise that gift, which implies that it's a personal private gift. And and then not everybody not everybody has the gift. Paul makes that clear in Corinthians as well. There's only one verse in all the Bible that's hinged that that, that tongues doesn't exist. It's in First Corinthians 13 that that speaks of that which is perfect has come, and and people say, um, you know, a whole large section of the church says that that which is perfect is the Bible. Now that we have the Bible, we don't need these gifts, uh, but it doesn't fit really the context, and it doesn't apply to knowledge either. So. I think it's relevant today, bro. Hey, you hear the music? Thanks for um, joining us this first half. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. And uh, we'll start up with Gary on the other side. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. I have the privilege of also teaching the Bible on the radio, and our radio broadcast is Abounding Grace. More information on our church and our radio broadcast, go to Calvary Aurora. That's A-U-R-O-R-A dot org. CalvaryAurora.org. Or you can go to my website, uh, which is easier to find uh, and spell. It's edtaylor.org. Edtaylor.org. Uh, and that's where I, I blog. I write a lot there uh, on grief, life, and ministry. Uh, those are the three things. Um, I wouldn't have picked grief to be something to write on, but the Lord picked grief for me. And so I write on grief, and I write on ministry. Uh, I write on just really things that I hope to encourage, uh, to build people up in the faith, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And then you can back through that website back into the church, uh, to Grace FM, New Believer Material, books that I recommend, uh, and on and on. 303-690-3000. Got an open line. Go ahead and grab it while you can. We're going to go back to Gary. Uh, Gary's called back with a better connection from Arvada, Colorado. Gary, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. How are you? Oh, so much better. So much better. I'm great. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you for the vision of Grace FM. It is such an incredible blessing to me. I picked it up about two years ago, and it led me to uh, Westminster Calvary, which is in our great. area. Great. Great, and, uh, Pastor Jeff Kramer, who who you know well, and, yes. Uh, so, what a blessing to be in Calvary Ministries. Um, but uh, oh, welcome. I, thanks. I called to uh, to kind of just support what you said with Michael in regards to his testimony, and I think too many people they get caught up in the idea that sharing their past life and their their life of sin is is a testimony, and the focus, as you really pointed out, um, just to just to kind of say it in a different way really needs to be what where you come to, not where you came from. You know, it's okay to briefly say what the Lord brought you from, but the important part is where He brought you to. And I think too often we get caught up in that idea that we have to have come from a horrible life of sin, and where did God save me from? I was saved at the age of four. 
and I didn't walk with the Lord like I should have in my teen years. You know, I really challenged my faith, but have been saved since my youth. And what I did is no worse than the wickedest sinner, as Paul would say he was. Sin is sin, and where he brought us from isn't the relevant point as much as where he's brought us to. And so I think focusing on God and his victorious uh, way in our life is more important. So I just wanted to say that in support of what you were saying, and just, just bless Michael and, and what was going forward uh, for ministry from the Lord in his life. Well, I think that that's a great addition, because my thought was on a on a similar track, but you, you've given a, a great addition, because my thought was I, what I was hearing from him is that he kind of, and this is another thing that, that is parallel that really goes together with what you just shared. And sometimes we think in our testimony that we need to share every single dirty, rotten uh, detail down to the minute or the second. Um, and yeah. that's the only way to be able to share where we've come from. But, uh, but because there's different relationships, you're going to share different components of that. Uh, and, yeah. and some of the, some things are just between you and the Lord. Yes, um, and you're, so you're I really like that. Right. Some people just don't forgive, and, and when you share too much, some people just, you lose relatability, and you lose credibility sometimes in that with some people, whereas if you just be general, like you said, about, look, you know, I was in prison, or I was this, or I was that, but by the grace of God, and the grace of God is the focus, then God gets yes. the glory and not the past life. And so, That's right. yeah, again, I just wanted to support that, and thank you for that. It was, it was good what you shared. That's great. Thank you for adding that. God bless you, bro. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Violetta from Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, I just have a question, okay? Um, okay. In the Bible, it, um, I was reading about the... Um, the verse twenty five. I don't understand the the parables, Daniel. Or and I'm you know I'm not at home, but I don't know what how it uh, you know what how it talks. Uh, um, I don't know about the virgins. Yes. In Matthew twenty five. Yes. Well, you know, you know, a parable was a story that Jesus shared. The idea of a parable, it, it literally means to throw along, to throw to throw down, you know, to cast alongside. And so what Jesus would do in is is the masterful teacher that he was, is he would tell stories that would illustrate truths. And and that's one of the things that Matthew 25 teaches us cuz remember when you were reading, you Matthew 25 comes after Matthew 24. And Matthew 24 is that heavy chapter of prophecy uh, and the end of the age and the, the, you know, the, coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when he finishes that in Matthew 24, he comes to 25 and he shares this, this parable of the ten virgins. And I think there are, there are two truths that, that Jesus was trying to get across with the virgins. The first one was be ready for the coming of the Lord. That makes sense, right? right? Because yeah, five were ready sense. and five weren't. And, oh, really? So he, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Five, I didn't. I didn't understand that. That's why I was just wondering. 
and then the other part of that, the, the other the other thing I think Matthew twenty five is teaching is to be faithful with what you have, you know, because if you've been given lamps with with little wicks and oil, you need to be faithful to keep your lamp filled. You need to be faithful with what God has given you. And in that parable, it says that five were ready and five were not. And he used another illustration. Like, so Jesus, when he was teaching, the people listening to him totally understood what he was saying. And he right. was using the, the illustration of a, of a, of a um, Jewish wedding uh, because they had a time together. Then they had the, engage, they had the engagement time. Uh, where you know the parents kind of set them up and they were always set up together and then they had the what's called the espousal time where uh-huh. this was a this was about a year before the ceremony where the the groom would leave and get his house in order get his career in order and then he would come back for the wedding but nobody knew when he was going to come back so they had to be ready all the time and that's what that's what he was trying to teach. Jesus says, "Look, just like the ladies are ready for the groom to come for his bride, you need to be ready as the bride coming, uh, being ready as the bride waiting for Christ, your bridegroom right. to come back." Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, you kind of answered my question. <laughs> Good. Do you do you do email at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, sort I do. Of? Because I can send you my notes, and you could read my notes. It's there'll be a little bit more. There's more information in them. Okay. So so email me, Pastor Ed at CalvaryAurora.org, and then just say, "Hey, I called on the radio. Can you send me your notes on Matthew 25, and I'll send them to you." Okay. All right. Thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, we're going to go right on to line number three is Lynn in Littleton, Colorado. Lynn, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking the call, Pastor Ed. We have an 18-year-old son who just graduated from high school, but prior to, I said like last December, he really started getting into philosophies. He reads a lot of philosophers and uh, is on a roller coaster of, uh, you know, capitalism's awful, it's greedy, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, okay. uh, but the philosophers, he is now determined or come to terms, he says that now he is an agnostic, not an atheist. Okay. Right. Um, he did accept Christ as a, as, uh, you know, as a child. He was baptized, you know, or actually over Dave Love's church. Um, so when we try to talk to him, of course, our default is to rely on God's Word and what God's Word says. Yes, but I don't know how to witness to somebody who doesn't believe that God's word is infallible and that it is that there even is a God anymore. Um, and it's just it's frustrating as a parent. He's a good kid overall. I mean, he's not partying or being promiscuous or anything like that. It's just uh, we don't know we don't know how to minister to him. Um without using Scripture, because that's what we know, and that's what we fall back to. Well, you know, you're, you're, every child goes through this at, at, at some age. So at this phase, your son has found, um, he's found a collection of writing and thinking that he really resonates with, uh, and, you know, probably a very intelligent kid, uh, a thinker, 
um, somebody that really spends a lot of time in his own head. Uh, and those kind of those kind of folks, God uses in amazing ways. And right now he's in a season of really wrestling with what he believes, what he was taught. He's grasping some of these new concepts of capitalism and politics and you know reason. And now when it comes to God, some of it, some of what he's read has now put him in the place. Well, you know, I'm agnostic. I'm not. I'm not exactly saying there isn't a God, but I. Uh, you know, I'm unconvinced, basically. Uh, a real true agnostic is basically saying I'm unconvinced. But most of them actually say, you can never convince me. Um, but God's mm-hmm. bigger than that. So the, the, way to, to, the way to meet him uh, is to take the truth to begin to, to, to speak to his new philosophies and put them to the test. Uh, put them to the test of truth and reason. Um, and, you know, the, a person can both believe in God and think capitalism is bad. Those aren't incompatible. Uh, and I, okay. I suspect I suspect that some of the new f- beliefs that your son has picked up has convinced him that they're incompatible with God. I mean, obviously agnost- agnosticism is, but um, the, the reality of some of these new ideas and these new thinkings as his mind is being shaped. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a guy that, that could really help equip you to learn how to talk to your son. Uh, and and meet some of these things. You know, I, I I enjoy speaking to philosophers, quite frankly, because they, and I don't know your son, so I'm not speaking about him, okay? So mm-hmm. I don't know him at all. But those that live in the realm of philosophy really don't know what they're talking about. They, they really aren't in the realm of having some convincing argument. They've, and especially in this culture, in the Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter culture, where I read a headline or I read an article and now I'm an expert on it. And, and so I really enjoy speaking to them and listening to them and helping form a better understanding of, of their new philosophy as it relates to the, to, like you said, you're going to bring them ultimately to what does the Bible say? The Bible's outlasted every philosopher. The Bible's convinced many philosophers along the way. Um, the realm of philosophy is needed in our culture. What we need to understand and think through the heavy things of life and have an answer, and 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 yet philosophy that's not tethered to God, because God He created the mind to think, uh, and He created the mind to wrestle with these things. And like I said, like for example, capitalism. You know, we may be we may we may say we may jump at him and say, you know, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? But that's an okay. It's a combat. He can think that and still believe in God. Like he, he can, he can have a view of politics or he can have a view of systems of the world and still believe in God. And I have a feeling that whoever he's reading right now has put him in a place where he thinks it's incompatible and somebody's convinced him. So let me give you a couple of recommendations. Okay. Okay. Um, and one is a man by the name of Ravi Zacharias. R A V I, and he's Zacharias Z A C H A R A I S. Ravi Zacharias. Um, okay. He is a Christian philosopher, and and he's a genius. He has an entire ministry um, with resources galore on how to minister and serve people in the realm of of academics, uh, philosophy. You know, just. Just people expanding their their thinking zone, but tethering them to the word. And there's a book he made, um, uh, he made a book he wrote <laughs> called 
who made God? Oh, and okay. It's it's answers to over a hundred tough questions of faith. Okay. Perfect. <clears throat> and then there's another the brother that taught me the most because I I can relate to your boy in, in many ways because I'm a thinker. I spent a lot of time in my head. Uh, I was involved in a lot of weird stuff before I got saved, and you know, trying to process the world. Um, I mean, let, let me give you an example of how bad I was. Okay? Uh, okay, when I was in high school, I I was in a class. I forget what it was, sociology, whatever it was, and I'm sitting there, and I'm lost as lost can be. So there's no atheism. I mean, I'm just so far from God, and I'm sitting there, and we're learning about Buddhism, and we're learning about Taoism, we're learning about all these isms, and it struck me in that moment in that class that I can create my own ism. If everybody else can create an ism, oh, wow. then I'm going to create an ism. And I did. I created Taylorism. And I began to graffiti that all over the high school, which is pretty dumb because it's your name. And so it's not hard to find out who's doing it. <laughs> but I was kind of espousing it. It didn't really mean anything. It didn't really have any substance. I wasn't trying to change the world. I was just like, man, if, if people can get all these followers, um, then I can too. And, and of course God humored me and he humored me to the point where he humbled me and then broke me. So I can relate to your boy. I mean, I'm a thinker. I like to think things through and that's a good skill to have. Um, it's just right now he's kind of venturing off. So let me give you the other, um, the other author. This is the brother that helped me. His name is Norman Geisler. Okay. There are two books by him. Um, one is super expensive. It looks like it's a um, a textbook, but the first one I read as a new believer, it's called Introduction to Philosophy, A Christian Perspective. And okay. his name is G-E-I-S-L-E-R. And, and you know, the, so, so my, my whole, my whole answer probably summed up like this. Let's engage your son in the dialogue. Let's engage and, and, and being as mom, you know, you have such an in with your boy that nobody else has that we just have to be careful not to be so defensive or so argumentative as our kids are trying to express themselves. Okay. Because it does. We try to get, we, we, do, we get so defensive and we get hurt and we're like, man, how, you know, we may not say it, but we're thinking, this is not how I raised you. What are you doing? What are you thinking? What has happened to you? And, and yet... It's probably a phase, and as you guys continue to pour the truth into him, continue to share the scripture with him, you, you know, you when you get these books, get a copy for yourself and give him mm -hmm. a gift and say, okay, Lord, maybe you're wanting me to learn a little bit how my boy thinks, how you created my boy, and how I can speak to him in his language and and you know, of everything that you do, your love for him is gonna trump everything. Okay. And just be right. patient with him. He belongs to the Lord. You know, he, he belongs to God. He's, he's made a commitment. He's been baptized. He has walked with the Lord. And this is one of those things where uh, we, we, um, we fall in the Proverbs uh, and instruct a child in the way and teach a child in the mm -hmm. way that they should go. And when they're not, when they're old, they won't depart. And, you know, he, he's becoming a man. And the world is filled with all kinds of crazy crazy philosophies but the truth will win out okay it's not hopeless at all thank you that gives me You're peace. Welcome. thank you pastor thank you okay 
God bye. Bye bye. Lord, we just pray for this young man and uh, know that there are many people listening. Their kids are going through the same thing. Uh, and I praise God that he's not dabbling in things that would uh, hurt him physically, you know, like drugs and alcohol and stuff. But but this stuff in his mind, Lord, would you bring clarity to his, um, you know, just, just trying to find his way in life and trying to think his way through life, Lord. And I, I pray, according to your word, it says um, that knowledge puffs up but love edifies. And and so I just pray, God, that love would build up this young man and that, and that his mom would just gain some knowledge and insight of some of these philosophies and that the pride in this young man would be broken. Lord, I see it in other people where they adopt a brand new theology and they become so prideful. They become so judgmental. They, they become so unloving because knowledge has just puffed them up. And God, protect us. We want to walk in love. It's the very fulfillment of your law. And, and none of us need to be leaning on our own understanding and knowledge, but rather walking in your love. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> amen. Amen. All right, what's next? Uh, let's go and see what we can fill, fit in here. We've got David. David's calling from Aurora, Colorado. David, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. Thank you. Um, I just had a comment. There was a lady a couple weeks ago that called into the show and was okay. wondering, um, she was wondering if babies are saved, you know, all the babies that were killed throughout the world, and she sounded really concerned. And okay. the, the pastor that was on the air couldn't recall any passages or, or verses saying that babies are saved, but I don't know, God must have put it on my heart because I'm calling. <laughs> um, okay. Um, I just have a couple of Psalms. Psalm 139, um, really, when I was reading it, um, it reminded me of her. And it's just all about how God created us and loves us, even um, throughout all these parts of our lives, and even before, as in the, in the deepest part of the earth, which, which I believe is the mother's womb. Um, he knew, he knows us, and he's written our, our names in the Book of Life. So I yes. just wanted to encourage her that the children, um, what I get from the scriptures and what God wants to say is um, just, um, they are saved, they're His, He loves us. He, he already knew us before we were even born, even created. And um, yeah. and then David, um, when his son died, he says yeah. that uh, um, his son can, can't come back to him, but he can go to his son. That's right. I believe that's, that's the best one for me. Yeah. All so, right. Thanks, brother. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We got time to take a couple more calls, I think. Let's move on to Jimmy up in Longmont, Colorado. Jimmy, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, Hi. Yeah, I had a few questions for you about uh, watching haunted documentaries like TV. Hey, bro, I can't can't hear you. demons or the enemy into your home uh, are you talking about movies and things not movies just like documentary shows in particular like uh, there's one i was watching um called Helltown. yeah i don't i don't know if they necessarily invite things into your house but they definitely invite things into your head and you're part of your house but yeah you you know you dabble in things that are dark you dabble in things that are evil 
you de- you you go in searching. The Bible says that we're to stay innocent of those things. Uh, we're to stay away from them. Uh, and um, let me let me find that passage of scripture. It's in Romans, uh, where. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. I think it's in Romans. Stay excellent in what is good and innocent in what is evil. Um, but I think it's the NIV. Uh, and I don't have it. Uh, let me find it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, I, I think it's an unwise thing to be dabbling in those things. And and whether it's an open door to the enemy, whether it's an open door into your house, it's definitely an open door into your mind. We're not. We're to meditate on what is good, what is noble, what is pure, what is just, and and there's just really no need to dabble in things that are evil. Uh, so let me see if I can find that verse for you. Um, and I'm sorry that I haven't, but before the end of the show, I will say excellent in what is good. Uh, and oh my goodness. I want to say it's Romans 16, so let me just go there because that's the best, um, the best grace of God, your obedience. Okay, yeah, it's the New King James. So in verse 19 of Romans 16, it says, For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil and the grace of of God, uh, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So stay simple in what is evil. And I think it's the NIV uh, that uh, I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Yep. So stay away from that stuff. It's not good for you. 303-690-3000. One more. Let's see if we can pull... Marianne for uh, in Aurora, Colorado. Marianne, you'll be the last call today, uh, and got just a few minutes, right? Yep, that's all we got. Oh uh, well, I wanted you to pray. I need to have an operation, and uh, on my hands, I had okay. a stroke back in '98, so my right hand <laughs> isn't working. Okay. Let's let's pray, Father. I pray for my, I pray for my sister that uh, is, is she's struggling right now with her hand, and I pray that you would open the door for her to get the surgery that she needs, uh, that you it would help her uh, with comforting her and encouraging her, Um, Lord. Just as she ponders her prayer requests, she's tore up and in her heart, Lord, and I do pray for an open door. I was reading uh, even an article today, Lord, that some of the most anxiety uh, in our country today is actually over health care and getting things taken care of. So would you relieve any anxiety she's having and provide the way for her to receive uh, the kind of care that she needs in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank you guys all for joining me. We're going to be in Bible study tonight. I know Game 7 of the World Series is on tonight. I know that the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, have their chance to win their first World Series in 29 years. Uh, And I know that I'll be working tonight, and I will not be able to watch it. And I am absolutely okay with it. Uh, I love serving the Lord. 
I'm privileged to teach the Bible and gather with the saints, and I'll find out about the score after service. But during service, we're going to pray together. We're going to share in communion together. Uh, We're going to uh, study the Bible together. We're going to worship in song together. We're starting a brand new book of the Bible tonight, 2 Kings. So if you're around the metro area here in Denver, Calvary Aurora is on Hampton, just east of Tower. Go to calvaryaurora.org for a map and directions. And we'd love to have you there. Uh, God is doing great things on Wednesday nights. Uh, and and just studying the word together, growing in God's grace. Uh, And I'm going to miss the World Series tonight, just like we missed the World Series game six last night. Uh, And and it's okay, because we got to serve the Lord. And that's eternal. Uh, The World Series is not going to be eternal. Uh, It's pretty fun temporarily, but it's not eternal. Uh, What is eternal is the things of the Lord and His faithfulness. So I'm looking forward to Bible study tonight and all that the Lord has in store I want to hear from the Lord as I teach, and I want to hear from the Lord as I minister alongside the people, and I want to hear from the Lord through the songs that Pastor Ian and the team has prayed over, and and I want to receive from the Lord. And At any rate, one more thing. The Harvest Fest last night, one of the things that we did that we never did before is we had a DJ, a Christian a DJ, DJ everything, all night. He was there for four hours. That was an amazing decision. That was a really cool thing. The kids really dug it. I don't know so much if the parents dug it, but it was for the kids. And and that was a great idea, man. Love that brother. He serves uh, in our high school ministry and then, and just using his gifts and talents uh, to bless the kids with music. And that was really cool. So that was a great addition. Anyway, see you tonight, Bible study. May the Lord bless you, encourage you, strengthen you in the things of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.